folks and welcome back to a new episode of Unseen, the podcast where we chat about some of the brilliant projects happening at Queen's Hall Arts Centre, the creative heart of the community. Each episode will go behind the scenes and lift the curtain on the graft and inspiration that it takes to turn amazing ideas into amazing projects. And as well as bringing you wonderful interviews and stories, we also do a Queen's Hall newsletter to keep you updated on some of the brilliant things going on here that you can enjoy. So for those of you that have not listened before, my name's Bridie and I'm here with the lovely Kelly France, marketing lead for Queen's Hall. Hello, Kelly. Hi. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too. That's a very beautiful blouse that you're... Is it a blouse? Would you call it a blouse? It's a dress. Oh, it's a dress. I've dressed in summer because we're talking about summer. Yeah, it's very floral are. and bright. Oh, yeah. you see, I feel slightly shown up because I've, I've just rocked up in like... Black. black. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling a lot of uh, gothic teenage, teenage emo energy today. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. You're working it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um... <laughs> Right, so what we're going to do this for this episode is a little bit different because we're going to look at um, kind of the midpoint of July through to the midpoint of August, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the summer holidays from school really, isn't it? Exactly. That kind of period. Yes, exactly. So we would love to hear your top picks for that for that period of time, Kelly, what's going on that you're excited about? Um, yes, I was thinking about it. It's kind of gone the day, the old days of theatres and arts centres going dark over summer. The programming just used to stop, didn't it? But that doesn't really happen anymore, which I guess is a good thing. Um, so we have lots of summer activities for young people. Um, and some of those will be taking place outside to make the most of the hopefully sunny weather. But we've got loads of great events coming in the building as well. Um, inside the building. Uh, so should we start with music? Yes, let's do it. Yes. Okay. Um, so we're welcoming Cats in Space back to our main stage for the third time on Saturday the 22nd of July. And it looks like we might have a sellout on our hands for this one. The crowd really grows each time they visit and there's a real kind of buzz when they do. And it's really nice. I think they've got a real kind of local following now having been at Queen's Hall so many times. Um, they landed on the UK rock scene less than 10 years ago and have toured with the likes of Status Quo and Deep Purple, so they're really kind of big players. And if you follow us on social, you'll have heard some of their amazing tracks we've been sharing in the run-up to their visit. And if you don't follow us on social, if you do that now, we'll be sharing a few more before they arrive. Um, we've also got the next session of our popular Sunday Jazz at Queen's Hall sessions. Um, that are kind of really gaining in popularity since we announced them in January, I think it was, this year. I think we've had about four now. Um, and Martin Speak joins us next on Sunday, the 23rd of July, and that's in Hexham Library. The kind of intimate afternoon performances um, and offer a really lovely way for jazz fans to round off the week, the weekend. Um, and we've also... We've got, we, we haven't announced it yet, but we are keeping them going. We see them being a kind of staple in the calendar at Queen's Hall. So watch this space. Um, but there has been a lot of excitement around Martin visiting. Um, and he was a member, I don't know if you know it, Bridie, but he was a member of the saxophone quartet Itchy Fingers. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
in the 80s, yeah. And he's had a really impressive career and he recently showcased during London Jazz Festival. So we're really excited to have him in Hexham in our, li- nice. in our lovely, lovely library. Um, and I think it's going to be a really good one. And then we'll take a little bit of a break for summer and then we'll come back. Um, and all of the information will be on our website. Um, Comedy-wise, we've got a sold-out performance coming up with Giles Brandreth on Thursday, the twenty-seventh of July. So it's too late to get tickets for that. <laughs> I one. love that you always. Sorry. I love that you always mention the sold-out show. The, here are some things you I can't just come think to. Worth a mention. <laughs> yes, but you could have won. Yeah, um, if you'd been quicker. Let's follow. Yeah, <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but that's followed up quite quickly by our Edinburgh preview day on Sunday, the thirtieth of July, which is going to be an amazing day. Um, we're really excited about it. It's a chance to see some brand new work from four really exciting comedians before they take their new shows to the likes of Edinburgh Fringe and on tour. Um, and I think we've been really lucky to secure this day. Um, and I think it's just, it's a reflection that we've got a really kind of keen comedy crowd who are really kind of clear that they love to support local talent and new talent. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about it. And the day features Louise Young, Dan Tiernan, Anth Young and Scott Bennett and there's still time to get tickets for each of their shows and we're also offering a day pass a discounted day pass to see all four shows um so check that out and then for comedy for sorry for families we've got some lovely things for families to do together over summer as the schools break so CBB stars Sarah and Duck are heading over to Queen's Hall on Wednesday the 9th of August celebrities celebrities absolute celebrities um and their shows um uh, there's going to be two shows um two performances so there's two different times that you can come along to um queen's hall to see it it's going to be packed with puppetry storytelling and music and if you've got some sarah and ducks fans in your house i recommend going on our website and watching the trailer because it, it is a really lovely trailer and it kind of really it does a really good job of reflecting what the show's about and what to expect from it. Um, my little boy loved it. So be sure to check that out. And then we've got Kitchen Zoo later in the summer holidays as well. And they bring in another one of their really lovely interactive storytelling sessions along to Queen's Hall. So we've had, I think we've had three of these previously and they've all sold out. Um, they're really kind of a small crowd of people and you do kind of crafts and um, a really kind of lovely narrative goes along. And this time it's called Blast Off Planets. So I think you can expect to make things like rockets and planets um, and it's for ages three to seven. And we've definitely got a really strong Kitchen Zoo audience. Um, they brought the Three Bears at Christmas last year, which had a sold out run. Um, and we've got an announcement coming up very soon about this Christmas. So watch this space for that one. Um, and yeah, if you want to see what all of us is about um, for their story sessions, book for Blast Off on Wednesday, the 23rd of August. And then we've got a really exciting exhibition mm-hmm. taking over our gallery spaces from the end of July from photographer Will Chung, who I know you managed to grab 10 minutes with earlier, Bridie. Yeah, that was like a seamless segue into this next bit. Well done, Kelly. Such a pro. (laughs) It's quite speedy as well, I thought. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah. Slick, very (laughs) slick. Um, Yeah, I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing interviewing Will Chung, who is a photographer and astronomer, and he's bringing his exhibition Infinite Skies to Queen's Hall from the 29th of July through to mid-September, I believe. So you've got a really yeah, good a- long time to go and see this incredible, incredible collection of work. Um, yeah. 
So we're going to have a little listen to it now. Hope you enjoy. Um, Here's Will Chung. So, hi, Will. Thanks so much uh, for taking the time to come and have a chat for the Unseen podcast. It's really great to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you very much. And um, usually what we do to start these conversations off, because not all of our listeners will have heard of you, although many of them may have, which is great. Would you be happy just to introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do kind of in your own words? Sure. So um, my name is Will. I'm uh, predominantly uh, an astronomer at uh, Twice Brood, where I host stargazing events in the Dark Sky Park. But alongside uh, the astronomy is I'm really into photography. And um, I have a very big social media following where literally all about content, producing photographs of things that I like, like the stars, the night sky, even um, wildlife, puffins, landscapes, uh, that kind of thing. And also, um, I do tours to Iceland for aurora chasing. So I think those probably are the three main things that I do, uh, the astronomy, photography, and uh, aurora chasing. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I mean, what would be really good, obviously, we're here to talk in depth about your exhibition that's coming up at Queen's Hall. But in that intro, you also touched on the uh, stargazing that you run at um, Twice Brood. And I, you you probably won't remember because there was lots of people there, but I've been to one of your amazing events. um, And it was in the deep, deep, dark depths of October last year. And it was really rainy and really cloudy. Um, And you somehow sort of worked complete magic with the crowd because you you managed to keep us really engaged despite the fact that there wasn't a whole lot to see. (laughs) Um, And despite that, despite the conditions, we actually did all see quite a few different things that night. Um, and it was, okay. it was sort of a really sort of masterfully well run event. And I just was sort of really, really impressed with how you, how you pulled it all together and how you managed to make us all have a really good experience, despite the fact that the conditions really were not great at all. Um, so it'd be really fantastic to hear a little bit more about Twice Brewed Stargazing and kind of the initial inspiration for deciding to, to kind of, to, to get that together. Yeah, well, I've actually um, been either running or hosting or helping out stargazing events in Northumberland for about 12 years now. And um, a few mutual friend of mine, they connected me with Twice Brood and they said, hey, you know, they may be interested in holding events um, during their off season, which is actually the on season for stargazing, you know, those whole darker skies. So, I met the owners a few years ago and, um, you know, shared with them my vision, said to them, listen, you know, you are in the Dark Sky Park, the largest gold tier protected dark skies in the whole of Europe. And, uh, you know, I've got a great opportunity here. So they were really sold on my vision for it. And and, um, basically over the last few years, it's just grown and grown and grown. The only thing is, is, as you've touched on, is that, Northumberland weather can't, is not always, always clear skies. We do actually have quite a good ratio of clear skies, believe it or not, or good ratio of seeing stuff, should I say. About 80% of our events, we, we do get to see stuff. And 
within the two hours of my event, there's like a mix of things that we can do. So you mentioned you were twice brewed in October. Well, since January, we've launched a planetarium now. So the planetarium is an immersive experience where we can project the stars in the dome as if we are in twice brewed, as if it was completely clear. But we can also project the skies any location in the world, any time, any date. So that's also really fun, okay, for guests that are visiting from overseas, for example. But alongside that, we also have a film. So we show people an immersive film, 360-degree film, where they're flying through the universe and flying through Saturn's rings. So with our events, because we have all these little bits of that that's sort of really exciting, depending on the weather, and this is what I always say to guests, I say, I'm looking at the the radar, the, the data, the cloud data, and I'm determining a time where I think in those two hours we'll have an opportunity to stargaze if it's, you know, if it's not super favorable. And I literally run the whole event around that time. So I'll be like, right, we're going to do this. We'll be indoors first, or we'll do a talk first, or we're going to do stargazing first. It all depends because the absolute priority, like I said, is to stargaze. So, um, but yeah, over the last few years, it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, social media, also amazing PR. We had uh, an incredible unbelievable uh, unlikely photograph of a family stargazing with the northern lights and i managed to get a shooting star above them at the same time um this was last year and it was just unreal and you can imagine sort of the the media footage about that so it's just been great just people loving it and coming up and stargazing with us even even throughout the summer months as well which is great yeah and and i think one of the reasons that i found the event and so brilliant and that you're so engaging what you do is I don't think it matters if you go in completely cold not knowing anything as I did I don't know I didn't know anything and you were able to you're able to engage people at kind of the level they're at which I thought is what makes it so inclusive isn't it yeah to, to be honest with you I mean I've got this really strange ability where Whenever I talk or watch something, it's almost as if it's the first time I'm doing it. So I'm really kind of thinking about what I'm saying. And when I'm talking to guests, I I kind of like to put myself in their shoes as if I was starting off for the first time, you know. And there are some really complex astronomical phenomena, which, you know, you could literally spend, and people do, spend hours through the mathematics, you know, how the theory works and everything. But I, with everything, I kind of try and break it down to as simple as possible so that I would understand it if I was starting off. Mm -hmm. And so I have all these analogies. I'm constantly thinking about stuff. I'm thinking, okay, so for example, someone asked me the other day, like we'll look at a star and I can say to them, this star is 7.1 billion years old. And then they'll look at me and they'll ask me, like, how do you know? How do you know that's 7.1 billion? And I always joke. I was like, just Google it, you know, and they're just sort of like everyone laughs. And I say, well, actually, it's because people have a pretty good idea now on this, the life cycle of stars. We, we can look at a star, work out its sort of peak uh, wavelength of light, um, its, its luminosity, and all these sort of clues that gives us an idea of how old it is. And I was 
that's been my explanation for a while. And I realized, well, wait, wait, can I break that down even more? Can I make that even simpler? And literally the other day I thought, right, um, my new analogy is going to be, you know, we look at people, all right? So you're walking down the street and you come across someone and you you look at them and you think to yourself, hmm, they're probably in their 30s or 40s, all right? Or their 20s and 30s. And this is because we see people and we know there's a life cycle and it's exactly the same with stars. So in future, I'm simply going to say, well, it's, it's kind of like that. We look at a star and based on the characteristics, we think, yeah, that should be roughly in that age range. And I think that this is the sort of stuff that I like to do, you know, kind of bring it down to things that people can uh, relate to. And hopefully that then means they can learn it, um, you know, in a, in a faster and, and easier way. Yeah. I mean, that's def- that was definitely my experience. De- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. And so um, let's get on to your exhibition, which is coming to Queen's Hall from, I believe, the 29th of July to the 16th of September. So a really nice long run, not the chance for lots of people to see this work. It's called Infinite Skies. Um, and what yeah. would be really great is to kind of hear your your potted synopsis of this work, what it's all about, um, what people will see when they're there, and what your intention is as a photographer and an artist with this with this piece of work. The, the, the whole reason why I got into photography in the first place was because, you know, my passion is astronomy. And with astronomy, it is usually in the middle of the night, you know, when you're taking photographs, i.e. when people are asleep. And um, I remember seeing the aurora, for example, the northern lights, and thinking, wow, it's so beautiful, but people are missing out. A lot of people will never see these sort of things, whether they're not up this time of the night or they're not able to travel. And so I thought, if I get into photography, if I learn how to take photos, then I could share with people, you know, the beauty of the night skies, things that they're missing out on, because I really do feel that they should, you know, enjoy it and and take it all in. And um, the exhibition really is an extension of that, is to, you know, be able to get people to walk in and see the beauty of the skies. You know, hopefully I've done a good job, you know, to take the the photographs to represent uh, what's in the sky. So, the really that that for me excites me more than anything. It's the fact that you know people can look at my photographs and go, "Oh wow, that's what the Milky Way looks like," or "That's what the Northern Lights look like." And the the idea of the exhibition is to have um, a variety of astronomical phenomena. It's not just you know the, the star fields, you know, which is beautiful in itself. It is things like comets that appear in the skies now and again, a meteor shooting stars. Um, as I said, the Aurora, the Milky Way. So I really wanted to almost give people a little taster of what the skies are like and hopefully inspire them to go off and see it for themselves. So um, that re- that's my objective for this exhibition. And just to say, hey, this is what's available. You should be going out and trying to see them. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and it really nicely kind of segues into my Next question, because um, one of the thing, one of the reasons that this podcast is called the Unseen Podcast is we're really interested in the kind of behind the scenes stories, like what it takes for an idea, a piece of theatre, a piece of dance, a piece of music, um, what it takes for that to finally land uh, in a place that an audience or a viewer can enjoy it and see it and appreciate it. And I imagine because of the nature of the photography that that you do, um, the the kind of 
The process is often quite complex, quite lengthy. So it would be really fabulous to kind of lift the curtain and hear a few kind of behind the scenes stories about how you how you bring this work to an audience. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the astronomical stuff is for me really fun because there is a lot of planning. Like there's a lot of planning. I mean, um, it's not just about going to a location and going, right, I'm going to photograph this tonight and I'm going to take this photograph at this particular time. You know, it, it isn't, it, it really is an understanding of what is in the skies at a particular time. The orientation of the Milky Way has to be perfect. The timing that you go, for example, um, I've got a really good Milky Way shot above Sycamore Gap, which is not far from Twice Brood, actually. The most photographed tree in Britain, yeah. we think, uh, Sycamore Gap tree is. And I'd had this vision of having the Milky Way literally arch from the tree itself and cross over the sky. And the first thing I had to do was to go on software to work out the orientation of the Milky Way, where it would land perfectly on the tree. And I literally worked out there's only three nights pretty much in the whole year where this is possible. So three nights of the whole year where this is possible. It's a combination of the orientation of the Milky Way itself, the moon phase, because you need no moon in the sky. You don't want a full moon or a crescent moon. That will affect um, the exposure time. So you'll struggle to get the Milky Way in the shot. And the other thing we mentioned is the weather. Okay, so it has to be clear as well. So literally all these things have to line up. But the other issue is with the Milky Way, you really do want the skies to be as dark as possible. The sun obviously has an impact on how dark the skies are and it rises and it sets at a certain time. So I remember um, it was April 20, 2021 when I was taking this shot and looking at the time the sun was going to rise, looking at the orientation of the Milky Way, I identified within this chance there's only three days, three nights, there was also only 16 minutes window. 16 minutes because at precisely 4:41 a.m that was the best time but by 4:47 or 57 a.m the effect of the sun rising was going to mean that my exposure time was going to be extremely reduced so i literally had this tiny tiny window where i would then have to park my car at the car park trek through in the dark all right and it was it was pretty scary it's like minus seven i remember it was minus seven and then um I, and it sounds ridiculous but i'm kind of afraid of the dark what? which is ridiculous <laughs> you know, for astronomers. Like, was a ridiculous thing but you know I'm, I'm walking through the you know through this field in the dark i've got my torch now and again and then I, like, I shine the light and all these eyes are looking at me. It's obviously all these sheep, bless them, all sleeping, thinking, what is going on here? Who is this guy? And I'm, anyway, I'm trekking down and I'm like, I've got the position, got my tripod out. And I realize ah, there's just, you know, 12 minutes left. And, um, and sure enough, you know, I, I take the shot and unbelievable, you know, three years of planning and, um, you know, getting it. So, I mean, it might sound very, very crazy, but actually... In a lot of cases, um, particularly with the Milky Way, even shooting stars and things like that, um, it is, you do need all this sort of planning. You know, it, it's very different to going out middle of the day and thinking, I want this beautiful landscape of the mountain. You know, I just need the sunlight to be perfect. I mean, the night stuff, it's a different level. 
So I, th- I think that's probably more of a reason for me to go, listen, I've taken this photograph, you know, you should try and see the beauty of everything, you know, because it's actually not that easy, you know, but, um, but yeah, so hopefully that gives you a little sort of flavor of um, the amount of planning re- required and, you know, to try and get that perfect shot. But I think that's what so. makes it, you, it's a whole other layer of, of fascination, I think, to the work, because it's not just the final products, which are obviously stunningly beautiful. It's the really detailed, very specific, careful planning that goes into those even being able to make those shots happen, which I think is really interesting, yeah. isn't it? And maybe people don't realize yeah. that. Yeah, no, I, I actually, um, I've done a talk before in the past and it was about sort of some of my, my top, photo, you know, sort of photos that I've taken. And um, I do enjoy sharing the stories because there really is every photograph, you know, and just the, the photograph tells a story, but there's a big story behind the photograph as well in every single one. And honestly, I mean, I'm planning a shot at the moment. I can't share with you what it is because, but you know, it's still three years now. It's three years in the making. I've been, I've attempted, there's only two nights in the year where it's possible. And the last three attempts have all been failures, down, unfortunately, down to cloud. So, but I am determined to get it. And, um, but yeah, so there's all these sort of things in my mind that go, right, I want that shot. You know, I want that shot. And you're just going to keep trying, keep trying. But, um, but yeah, definitely it's, it's funny because obviously I do look at my photographs and, I do think, oh, I remember that night, you know, and that night when how hard it was and driving middle of the night and oh, it's it's nuts. <laughs> it is nuts. <laughs> it's 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 really fast. Yeah. It's so fascinating. I, I'm really, really obsessed with listening, hearing any any creative people talk about their process because it's it's the hidden part of it. But for me, it's always the most interesting part of it. Um, Yeah. You've kind of touched on this already, but do you have in your mind what you're hoping viewers that come to see this work, what they'll be thinking about after they've seen it, or maybe what they'll be telling their friends the next day, kind of what impact do you want to have? I mean, I I really do want people to you know hopefully admire you know the photographs and think oh wow that's amazing but i really do want to inspire people to look up more you know because it honestly unfortunately with light pollution that's a really big issue you know the just there's so much light pollution these days people are we're losing the skies you know we're not so 85 percent of people in the world have never seen the milky way before and this has been since the start of humanity, you know, we've looked up, there's been a connection and there should be a connection to the universe. We, we're from the universe. We're part of the universe. And with light, um, we're losing that. And, you know, I remember um, just very quickly, there was a power cut in Los Angeles and I think it was in the 90s. And all of a sudden the city had no lights and people started freaking out. They were calling the police saying there's something strange in the skies. We don't know what it is. And it was the Milky Way. Right. And, it, you know, so there, there's a lot of people that only n- have never seen it, not even aware you know, that it's there. And so things like the Northern Lights, which is my massive, absolute passionate about people seeing the Aurora, you know, this is nature. This is our Earth at work protecting us from the radiation from the sun. That's what the Aurora is. It's, it's literally showing 
showing us that the Earth's magnetic field at work and protecting us from the radiation. Um, like I said, seeing things like the Milky Way, our home, we live in the Milky Way. Comets, you know, just these primordial sort of rocks with water ice, which potentially was what started life on Earth in the first place. Seeing comets in the sky, seeing shooting stars, our atmosphere at work protecting us. So, just to answer your question, I want people to be hopefully um, inspired to look more, to maybe think a little bit more where, where we're from, you know, where we've come from, and also um, maybe even inspire people to pick up a camera uh, and, you know, start taking photographs themselves. So that definitely is how I feel, uh, what I want my work to be all about. And my, my social media, you know, is always about that. It's always about, look, look at this. And not only do I mention for people to sort of look at my photograph, but I also say tonight or tomorrow night is the time for you to see it for yourself. You know, go outside, go out and see it, you know, and I try and educate people and, and make them realize the best times to see it as well. So that's really for me what it's all about as a, as a photographer. That's brilliant. I love that. And um, sort of finally, last, last question. Um, I imagine you're very focused on the, the exhibition that you're about to put out, but what's next? Do you already know what's next? Yes. So I'm really excited to mention that uh, Hexam Abbey are having the Museum of the Moon, so this big uh, suspended moon um, that they're going to have in the Abbey itself for about four weeks. And they've invited me to be the uh, guest speaker for their um, gala dinner. So I'm really excited about that. And, um, you know, I'm also slightly, I, mean, I love public speaking, but I'm slightly nervous because I was like, you know, I've never done after dinner speaking before, you know, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to be so excited to share lots and lots of cool facts about the moon and um so that that's something that's really cool and also doing an exhibition uh, in the abbey as well for them and we're going to do stargazing as well so uh, from hexam abbey so um lots lots planned and so much more for next year as well there's so much going on um i'm doing i'm working with a cruise ship company to deliver stargazing events on on the on deck um in the middle of the atlantic ocean so that's um that's gonna be pretty exciting oh that sounds that sounds completely phenomenal will thank you so much for your time thank you very much thank you for having me pleasure to speak it is it's really exciting and everyone make sure that you catch infinite skies at queen's hall from the 29th of july to the 16th of september see you soon thank you bye So that was the amazing Will Chung chatting to me last week for the Unseen podcast. Oh, what did you what did you think of that of that chat, Kelly? It was just fascinating, wasn't it? I think it's just it's always wonderful to hear somebody who's so passionate about what they do. But I think the way that Will wants to share his passion with others was the most kind of inspirational thing. He he talked about kind of stripping back things that he knows to, to as simple a message as possible so that people can kind of really follow um, his passion and understand what he's talking about um, and just kind of see the, the beauty of the night sky, really. Um, and I think photography has been a way, something that he's picked up, a tool to share what he thinks is really special rather than starting with photography, he started with astronomy. Um, and I think that's really interesting. 
So yeah, really, really, really excited about this exhibition coming. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And I think I found in the context of what this podcast, the, the original idea for this podcast was obviously talking to amazing artists and creative people about their process. And I yeah. think yeah, this yeah. is such an interesting example of process because yeah. Will will often, you know, it's really the, the amount of planning an intricacy and tenacity that goes into just getting one of those shots. Yeah. You know, he, he talks about that in the interview, doesn't he? Like waiting up all yeah. night and, you know, pinpointing the exact day in the year and the time in the year when he's able to get these photographs. I was really surprised about that kind of hat. You would think that that was totally uncontrollable, yeah. but he talked about it with quite control and, and quite method, method, method. Methodology. What's that word, Brian? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I just I thought that it would be kind of it would just be rocking up and seeing what you could get. I could get, I guess. Yeah. But really, he really calculates the best time to give him the best shots and the best chance of seeing what he wants to see. Yeah. So it was really interesting. And is willing to like put himself through quite a lot of discomfort to get those shots. You know, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. very surprised and, and quite moved by his revelation that he's actually quite scared of the dark, which for a for, for an astronomer who mostly photographs at night, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of amazing that that's how important his art is to him, that he's willing to kind yeah, of put himself yeah, yeah. through that discomfort. Amazing. Um, so yeah, um, please, please do flock to Queen's Hall to see this incredible exhibition um, yeah. And we hope you enjoy it. I can't wait to see it. And as Will mentioned as well, he's got a huge following yes. on social. So do find him on social before to get a little bit of a taste of what, what's to come. Um, yeah, we recommend giving him a follow up because he, he shares all kinds of things. It's not just night skies. It's amazing shots yeah. um, from all over. So it's definitely worth a follow up. Definitely. It definitely is. So for all of these shows and more, head over to our website, which is, in case you don't know it, it's queenshall.co.uk. And for more information um, and to book tickets, you'll find all of that there. And we'll speak to you soon. Yes. And also a final a final note to our listeners. Um, we're really interested in hearing from you all. Um, if you have seen a show, maybe a gig or an exhibition that you are either a part of or you just thought was absolutely brilliant and you want to shout out about it, let us know. Send us an email um, or a tweet and we can include your recommendations in the next episode. Um, so, And there'll be information about how to do that. So the email and everything will be included wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, it will. Um, but for now, thank you so much for listening and we will... Hopefully see you again very soon. Bye for now. Bye.